Hello, happy campers. Spike Chris. And we are geeking out. The sun is out. The grass is riz. Man, these movies cheese my whiz. Here we go. We've got reviews up the yin-yang and various other things to discuss. But first, how are you doing, Chris? I am doing good. I am doing just fine. I have gotten my fill of, of good stuff, bad stuff, and full of crap stuff. So. How about you? I don't know if you can pick that up. That's my tooth, not a hard candy. Anyway, we have reviews coming up because this one has seen the uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter and Meg 2 for some insane reasons. But we're going to lead off. We do have other stuff to talk about, but first we can get the movie reviews out of the way. Blue Beetle. <clears throat> okay, now... I have seen Blue Beetle, he has seen Blue Beetle, we have seen Blue Beetle, and that's all that needs to be said. We're not doing that, making that mistake again. Good golly, Mr. Molly. I have not, and this is legit, yes. I have not seen a film denigrate Latino culture like this since the last Cheech and Chong movie. Good grief. Gratuitous Espanol, the poppy who who expires, the sneaking across borders that's hinted at, the, uh, oh, boy. Chris, tell them about the, the movie. Oh, uh, just don't, don't, no, don't review the plot, okay? There may be spoilers in here. We always put spoilers in our movie reviews because we don't care, but. Don't go over the plot because we've already wasted two hours and seven minutes of our lives. Well, I mean, first of all, the plot's very straight out simple. He has the thing that turns him into the Blue Beetle and those bad guys that wants it. That's it. That, 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 that's the plot. That's that's literally it. And along the way, you got George Lopez talking about uh, fascist Batman. Now, this is the one. I actually had a little hope for this movie the first time I saw the trailer until they get to the end of the trailer and George Lopez talks about Batman as a fascist. Signaled it right there. And I was thinking, okay, maybe it's just... First off, why does every Latino film have to have George Lopez in it now? And second, and second, maybe it's just a one-off. Maybe it's just his character. No. It is like this to the entire film. The... 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 <laughs> The white gringos coming in and ruining everything. The the super, super, good lord, the multicultural pal ending at the end of this movie. Ugh, just, mm. This was a movie I didn't walk out on, but I did fall asleep twice. I actually fell asleep on action scenes in this movie, Chris. Really? Yes, I actually fell asleep. Oh, and, and enough blue neon to light up Route 66. Actually, they were purple. Saw a lot of purple. It was like watching a T-Mobile movie, or a T-Mobile commercial. It was, there was a lot of neon lights that was just... Listen, I want to, I want to be honest, okay? The idea of Blue Beetle movie excited us. Because it's Blue Beetle. This, these are characters that we don't get enough of that were really great. But they just were forgotten about. You know, kind of like Static Shock. It's like, 
They're forgotten characters, but we know that they exist and how great they were. And this movie just, this movie did not know what it wanted to be. It didn't know if it wanted to be Iron Man or if it wanted to be uh, Spider-Man in, uh, in the Spider-Verse. This is the anti, this is the anti-Miles Morales. Okay, this, this is what the Spider-Verse yes. movies could have been if people with a creative vision had not been there. This is a white chick's Latino movie. Okay, you can smell, no, you can smell the white chick all over the script of this film, the cinematography of this film, the musical score of this film. You can just smell white chick all over it, all over it. And I don't know how many white chicks are actually involved. There are a bunch of Latino actors in this film, and that doesn't matter. There are some Latino producers, it doesn't matter. It still reeks of identity politics, it's... Look, Chris has a refund movie. We, me, Chris, and the beloved wife, we all have refund movies. The beloved wife is, it's no secret, she wants a refund from Will Smith for Wild Wild West. This one had a refund from about three or four weeks ago, and I can't even think which one it was, but it was just so miserable, he gave it a first negative one score. I can't remember what it is. He can't even remember because it was just so horrid that he's actually, we both blocked it out of our skulls. I didn't even watch it. But this film, I'm not going to give it a negative one. Okay? I'm not even going to waste any more time on it because it is, it is so oh, beyond the pale, so miserable. I'm going to give this a zero. Not even drunk. Okay? I couldn't get high enough to watch this movie. Even though, ironically, there was the obligatory Cheech and Chong bobblehead reference in the yeah, several times in the movie. Even Cheech and Chong couldn't get high enough for me to watch this film. <laughs> this is dreck. Absolute dreck. And I have, until, until this entire generation of filmmakers dies... I will not watch another superhero movie. I want this entire generation to wind up on the unemployment line and starving to death on a pier in San Francisco. I don't care. Let them eat rainbow flags. I don't care. This film, I have been a DC fanboy since 1980. I have sworn off DC. FDC. Done with DC. No more DC comics for me, period. You're gonna. Ha I'm gonna have to see everybody gone. I don't. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. I don't care how great the movies and TV shows are. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt anymore. Screw it. I'm done with DC. I've been done with Marvel. I'm done with Star Wars. I'm done with Star Trek. There's not a whole lot of tradition. Well, traditional franchises that a geek like me can really get into anymore. Okay. I can dive into the old stuff. I think the most recent stuff I actually read was probably uh, Invincible Iron Man. It was the last, it's the most recent Marvel thing I've, re I've actually read. And I've actually got two hardcover novels here covering the first 25 issues. And those are actually really good, but no. I'm done with superhero films. I'm done with superhero movies. I'm done with superhero TV shows. I'm done. 
I don't care if it's the JSA coming back and Jay Garrett coming in to blow me personally a kiss on screen. I don't care. I don't want anything to do with it anymore. Y'all are dead to me. That is how bad Blue Beetle was. Zero for me. Chris, if you give this thing anything more than a zero, I'm going to knock the hat off your head. What are you going to give it? Now, I'm not going to smack the cap off your head. Give an honest review. What do you All think right. about this? Listen, here's the thing, okay? The story was bad. There was a couple of characters that was really annoying. The sister and George Lopez. Really stupid. This movie did, like, it, it had a villain in this movie to where you didn't get his background story until the very end of the movie. And we had to feel something for him. And I didn't understand that at all. Like, why do we care? He lost his family. He's angry. So he's on a killing spree. So what? I don't care. Like, I don't care. Why? Susan Sarandon is the villain in this movie. Listen, Susan Sarandon, great actress, but she didn't do nothing in this movie. She, no, no, she read out. her lines and that was it. Time out. Susan Sarandon is not a great actress. Well, I mean, Susan Sarandon is a redhead that old old filmmakers still have the hots for. The reason she showed up here is she's slumming and collecting a paycheck. This, check this out. This is the spiritual sequel to Thelma and Louise. This is what happened to Louise when they drove off the car, off the cliff. Louise managed to survive, and she she manages to insinuate herself into the Cord family and becomes a part of this movie. That is how miserable this movie is, because this has actually negated <coughs> negated Susan Sarandon's entire career. Susan Sarandon is already overrated; was overrated in everything she's been in, especially overrated way way back in Rocky Horror. She is overrated. Don't care. Don't want nothing to do with her no more. And just knowing that she's attached to this film is just karmic justice for me. There are scenes in this movie that, like, when he first put on the suit... By the way, with Iron Man, Iron Man had Jarvis. Jarvis had this relaxing voice, and he talked with intelligence. This was like hearing Siri talk to you, you know, like, you know what, this or Alexa, you know, it's like she had that voice to where it's like, I don't know if that is a good idea. Imagine, like, imagine if it's Siri, but it's one of the chicks from Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah. That's what that's, yeah. just that annoying drone, that high-pitched nasal drone. Uh, yeah, like I wanted to get rid of her real quick. And then somewhere in the movie, she ended up switching from talking American to Latino. And it's like, when did you become Latino? Again, the gratuitous Espanol. It just comes out of nowhere. And I am actually legitimately surprised they included the subtitles down at the bottom. And when they uh, did the Spanish stuff, they would do an English translation and subtitles. Because the last one to do that theatrically was Steven Spielberg on West Side Story, and he got screamed at for doing that. You people are idiots. But anyway, you can't you cannot make them happy. If anything, every there needs to be like protests outside of every cinema showing this film until they pull the film. Miserable, miserable movie. 
this was not a good superhero movie. I will tell you that. This movie. <laughs> you get the hint? <laughs> this movie was just bad all over. Ugh. I'm going to be absolutely honest. There were there were certain scenes like when Blue Beetle had to fight. I did enjoy those. There was a couple of scenes that I was like, okay, this is the way the movie should be. and But it didn't last long enough to for me to in, fully enjoy it. You can tell this is one of those movies that was written by committee. And because it just it's like it pinballs from one story style to another. It was just so lame. Nauseating. It was lame. lame. It's like there was no effort put into this. It was like, hey, I am this struggling um, middle class in a middle class family who finds a, a, a thing that turns me into this alien bug that can fight crime. The government wants me to, to be a weapon for them. And, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. That's it. Like, that's that's the whole story. They actually got to the end of this film and started rolling the credits. Chris looks at me like, I really don't want to see any extra scenes on this. We start walking out the door. We're walking out of the theater, and all of a sudden the, the credits stop, and they do a... And, and a credit scene, they cut it off, do a credit scene, and it's, of all things, the character, everybody, the white guy everybody talks about in this movie, but we never see because he's missing and he's apparently lost in somewhere in space and time trying to get through to his daughter, who is the second most annoying person in this entire film. And then, and then it's just blackness and they go on with credits again. Nobody cares. This is never going to be resolved. There will never be a sequel to this film. If there's any justice, and I mean actual justice, not social justice, not karmic justice, not Justice League, not Injustice League, none of that stuff. If Not even just a lot of animals. If there's any justice in the world, there will be no, not only no sequel to Blue Beetle, but something will happen to the master that will erase it, and they'll never be able to release this on streaming or on DVD or on Blu-ray or anything like that. So just... Mm. There is, and I still want a refund. Which, which, by the way, the guy he was talking about that disappeared and stuff. They throw this thing in there where apparently there used to be a Blue Beetle superhero in this world. Yes, an interesting one. And it's like, wait, you didn't mention this before? Like, you just throwing this at us now? It's like we're supposed to just know? Oh yeah, this. Uh, world used to have a superhero called the Blue Beetle that we never heard of in any of the Justice League movies or in any of the DC movies until now. But because we're just so, supposed to accept this, and and also I, I want to be honest. I was going to give this a benefit of a doubt and give it a two rating, but then there was an image that popped in my head when. George Lopez is hanging from a, a hanging from a helicopter, and the wind's blowing his goatee, and he's just stroking his goatee. Now my vote for this movie is five percent. I'll give it a five percent. It's going from Mr. Five O'clock to Mr. Five Percent. So you basically on a scale of zero to five, you're giving it like a zero point two. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Something like that. I really don't 0. care. 0.25. He doesn't care. 
So I was we'll, ready we'll for call this movie it, to end. So I give it a zero. He gives it a rounding error. So <laughs> we'll both say zero out of zero on this one. This is the biggest miss in DC's history. Oh, Not man. worth the time, the effort, or the patience. For God's sake, go see the film. You know, my only regret about criticizing this film is that it's come out far, far too late to save the people who watched it in its first weekend. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Christopher has seen a movie that I have not seen, but I'll give my reaction as we go along. <laughs> I actually wanted to see this film when I first saw the trailer to it, and then I realized I don't actually want to spend the time watching this film, so I'm going to let him talk about it. We're talking about, what, the last Voyage, Voyage of, of the Demeter. Demeter. Okay. Yes. And, spoiler alert, it's a Dracula movie. Go ahead, it Chris. is a Dracula movie. It is the Dracula story about how he get where he came from and all that stuff. This is all told and narrated through the log book of the captain. Okay? It is the captain telling this entire story of how their mission is to just ship one thing to another thing with a bunch of other things and then all hell breaks loose all the way through the ocean. This is what Universal, uh, was it, uh, remember when Universal tried to the, do their the classic dark universe? Monster? Yes. Yeah, the dark universe. This is what they should have done. Mm -hmm. This was well told. I was talking to a friend of mine. We Here's the thing. It was a Friday night, and there was like nobody in the theater because a thing was going on. So we were the only ones in the in the theater. And he loves vampires. He loves vampire stories, which is good. He loved this movie. I love this movie. This is probably the most well-told vampire story that I have ever seen since Interview with the Vampire. Don't go comparing it to that film, for God's sake. What? And Rice. Have you ever seen Interview with the Vampire? No. I'm not going to go see Interview with the Vampire. It's more realistic than Twilight. You Chris, the Chris, I have, or Blaze. Chris, I have farts that are more I'm just real saying, than, I'm just than saying. Twilight. I'm just saying. That is a mighty low bar to clear. So, anyways, the crew is haunted by something that they cannot see. And that is really well done in this movie because the creepiness, the eerie, uh, like you can feel like you're there, trapped, nowhere to go. You see like darkness in the background, you will see two glowing eyes. And you have to literally look to actually see it, which is so well done. Like, there's scenes where I'm just like, wait, are those eyes? Those, those are eyes. It is, it is really well done. So he's been, like, watching them in the darkness the entire time as they're freaking out over all the animals being slaughtered. Uh, people waking up with bite necks, uh, bite marks on their neck, and, and, and just hearing sounds. And There's, oh, man, it is just so satisfying to witness 
a movie on the level of just creepiness where it's not terrifyingly scary. It's not blood and guts and gore. The only, I would say the only like blood gut gore scenes was when there's a couple people that gets attacked by Dracula and they, and as soon as sunlight hit them, they all burst into flames. The cinematography is well done in this movie. The acting is amazing. There are, like, there's one scene in this movie that scared the heck out of me. And that's when the little boy was hiding in a locked room. They're trying to get to him because they know that there's something in the same room with the boy. And as they bust down, like, this uh, hole in the door, there he is just standing there looking right back at them. And they're all like, and that was the first time that they saw him. That was the first time that they saw him. And that was like pretty much half of the crew is already dead by this moment. And it is just, uh, it is, it was amazing movie completely. If you want a really well story driven movie that again is Dracula. If you like a good Dracula story. If you like the classic Dracula movies, and I'm talking about you know the ones that were that started this entire thing, Realm Stalker, uh, you know all those. This is the type of movie you would actually watch. Sad to say, this is also the type of movie that nobody will watch because they want Twilight or Underworld. This isn't it. So this will get overlooked, sadly. But this is definitely a banger. Uh, so, yeah. Scale of 0 to 5, Chris. Where would you put this one? I'll give it a 4. Give it a 4 out of 5. Afternoon matinee, he says. Which sounds about right. The thing about movies like this is where it's a little... It's not gorn. Okay? That's, that's gory porn. Yeah. So it's not Gorn. It's it doesn't focus. It's not Saw. It's not Hostel. It's yeah. not Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Whatever whatever the kids are watching these days. It takes an, an intelligent view to fear and uh, story, fearful storytelling, telling a scary story. That's what I'm trying to say. When. People have gotten so used to being introduced to universal monsters at such a young age now. I mean, honestly, kids are watching Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman when they're like three years old. Okay, Nobody gives it a second thought. When these films first came out, it had a real effect on the audiences because the audiences were not used to seeing things like this. They may have read Bram Stoker's Dracula. They may have read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. But to actually see it come to life in, in yeah, it was in black and white. The whole world was in black and white then. It was really color film, but the whole world was black and white. So when Frankenstein gets to the point where, spoiler alert, he throws the little girl in the brook and she drowns. When he throws the little girl in the brook, they, people got upset. 
when her dad brings her corpse, her waterlogged corpse, to the middle of the town and to show what the monster has done, people were aghast. That was the kind of storytelling. It's restrained. You don't see violent acts very often. You don't have to. It's the, the idea that violence is right there, just over here, just off screen where you can't see it. Best jump scare I ever had was, I can't even remember which film this was, but it was you were looking into a dark, a dark room, and you see a couple of little tiny eyes that just kind of like glint at you, and then they disappear because they close their eyes. <laughs> and and you can hear rumbles of thunder and then all, and, and everything, and then all of a sudden the lightning strikes, and they're right here, right in your face, and it just flashes for like a fraction of a second and disappears in the train. No. You're, you're climbing over the back of your sofa trying to get away. That's the kind of thing where you, again, Chris gets off on cinematography. That's cinematography. It's storytelling using visual techniques and using a controlled plot. Don't give away the store when you're telling a story. You don't have to give the store away. Let people use their imagination. It is so much creepier to see the after effects and knowing Something or somebody on this ship is responsible for what I'm looking at. Plus this one over here, and that one over there, and that one over there, and that one down below decks. As the bodies pile up, you begin to, everybody else is beginning to realize, I could be next. And it's that dread. Dread is the one thing that's missing from a lot of cinema. I'll say deliberate dread. Because we just talked about Blue Beetle. That movie I dread. <laughs> okay. This movie, on the other hand, builds a sense of dread deliberately within you so you can realize. Understand, in Bram Stoker's novel, the Demeter is a throwaway line. Okay. It it happens early in the in the novel, and it's the ship that takes Dracula from uh, Transylvania to England. And when it pulls into dock, everybody's dead. Spoiler alert. Everybody's dead, and nobody can figure it out, and Dracula slips away into the night. Because Dracula himself winds up steering it into the into the harbor. Yeah. And uh, so what basically happens is you've taken this little throwaway line that Bram Stoker wrote 100 years ago, and you've expanded it into this film because the story has so much potential and so much room to grow that you're able to take that throwaway line and make a great two-hour movie out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, uh, at the beginning of the movie, you all you already know that everybody on the ship dies because they find at the beginning of the movie they find the wreckage and the. Uh, detective or the cop or whoever it is is reading the log and then that goes into the whole story of the movie so you already know what happens it's just how it happens how we get here and it's just it it's so well told so so well told and that's what helps sets up the sense of dread too you know the end result going in you know nobody lives coming out of this so it doesn't matter how attached you get to these people, you know they're doomed. And that's what causes the sense of dread. 
So the Demeter you recommend yes. four out of five. So maybe, maybe if the thing sticks around theaters long enough, I'll give it a try one of these days. But after watching Blue Beetle, and oh my goodness! <laughs> Before we get to our next review, our last review for this week, I wanted to talk. I came out of Blue Beetle yesterday angry, okay? Because not only did I have to watch Blue Beetle, I had to watch five godforsaken movie trailers before it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dune Chapter 2 is coming. That is a threat. Dune Chapter 2 is coming. I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you like Dune, you're a fool. Dune is the, the, the most overrated sci-fi story ever. Okay. Even more overrated than 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's for me. Oh. 2001 was overblown. I mean, it, for, cinema, for cinema geeks like Chris, he, he gets off on 2001 and all of Stanley Kubrick's effects. But let's face it, the story was an incoherent mess. It, and especially by the end where you went totally stream of consciousness and... Mm, Dune is a story about a big, sandy wasteland and all the big human wastes wandering around in it. Don't care. And the worst part is, they've made, what, two Dune movies? Yeah. They made one Dune movie that was so bad that everybody walked away until somebody finally suckered somebody in Hollywood to doing a, giving it a second try. And enough of you suckers went to see that one that they just went ahead and rolled out of Chapter 2. Stop rewarding these guys. Dune sucks. Admit it. Get over it. And let's get on with our lives, okay? The only thing... I hate to say it because I'm an Isaac Asimov fan. The only thing worse that you, than Dune that you can make a movie out of would be Foundation which I believe it's Apple is losing its shirt on that one. Is it Apple or... Is it Apple that does Foundation? I can't remember. Either way, stupid. Oh, no. But that one... What were some of the other... Willy Wonka? Wonka. That's a no for me. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Look, let me just just say this, okay? Let me just say this on Wonka. When Gene Wilder played Willy Wonka in 1971, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it was a tour de force. It was a a chance for Gene Wilder to go out there and chew the scenery for two hours. It's it's the Gene it's the Gene Wilder meme movie. It's basically what it is. Yes, I've got Gene Wilder over here watching watching and approving of everything we say. Yes, that Gene Wilder. This movie is an insult to Gene Wilder. It's an insult to Veruca Salt. It's an insult to Quaker Oats, which made the movie in the first place. It's an insult to anybody who eats chocolate. It's certainly an insult to Hugh Grant's hookers. What an absolute waste of Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, that was the only thing that I saw that made me say, maybe I should go see it just for him. But then I was like, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wasted opportunities. Hold on. I don't know how well you know Rowan Atkinson, okay? 
Blackadder. Have you ever seen Blackadder? Yes. Okay. You've seen Blackadder. No, they're all, not all that. Not all of them, but you've seen Blackadder. You've seen Mr. Bean. Yes. You've seen, have you seen the Thin, Thin Blue Line? No. Johnny English. Yes. Some of his movies and stuff. Okay. Ron Atkinson is a very talented comedian. Rowan Atkinson as Willy Wonka. <laughs> would be a movie <laughs> from hell. This would be the movie that would make all the money because, oh my goodness, just give Rowan Atkinson, give Rowan Atkinson a, 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 just a little screen or something that says Wonka on it and says, here, go invite all your friends and just come in here and just have a good time. You want Hugh Grant? You have Hugh Grant. Hey, you want Stephen Fry? Bring him along. We'd love to oh, have Stephen Fry good. here. We would love to have the oh, Hugh Laurie. We'd love to have Mercy. We'd love to have all these guys come in. We'd love to have Ben Elton come in and help with the script. We'd love to just do a tour to force of British comedy from the last 50 years. You know, when I'm watching the trailer for Wonka, it it kind of for some reason I can't take uh, Mary Poppins from my head. Like it kind of reminds me of Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins without a soul. The guy they've got playing Wonka right now. I don't know who it is. I don't care. It doesn't matter. We have he gone. We have gone from. We've gone from Willy Wonka and his Chocolate River to Lake Havasoma. This is, this guy sleepwalked through his own trailer. Understand, the trailer is the sizzle reel. This is all the best stuff. This is the stuff to get you excited to see the movie. This guy was half high on either meth or downers through the entire trailer. No emoting. Couldn't even elevate his voice any. Just flat monotone monotone character. Oh, this is going to be a disaster. I hope Warner goes bankrupt on this. I hope Discovery Channel sells Warner into the stocks for this. Spread. And it seemed like there was one other. Now understand, these are just the trailers leading up to Blue Beetle. So you can imagine what kind of mood I was in by the time we got to Blue Beetle. But it seemed like there was one between Wonka and Jader. The creator. And... Those weren't the only ones. I know. Was there was get, five. The, yeah, because I was trying to get through the trailers and was like, oh, come on. The, let's just get to this movie. The uh, creator is going to be another freaking movie about AI taking over the world. Yeah, and the robots are going to be controlled by the AI. And it's basically Terminator one and a half. We already have too many Terminator movies. I don't know what AI, AI sucks. Okay, you're not doing it right. You're sitting here and you're doing explosions and stuff. It's a hacker movie. <coughs> All you got to do is find out the, the source of the code, isolate it, or better yet, just go ahead and nuke everything and let the electromagnetic pulse sterilize everything and then just start over from scratch and start building, building a new the creator is tiresome. It, the creator actually looks like I'm sure they've ripped off an anime of some sort, but I couldn't tell you which one. But they must have, I know they ripped off at least three anime, but I couldn't tell you which three they are. 
So that shows what kind of attitude I went in to see movies this weekend. But we got one more movie to watch. So Chris has seen the poor sap Meg 2. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sharknado. Not, not Jaws 2. So Meg 2. Yes. The Trench. <coughs> the Trench. Meg 2. The Trench. Wasn't that a different movie, The Trench? I think so, yeah. I think there is a movie called The Trench. Um, Not this movie, though. So, again, let me remind you, like I did before, it was just us in the theater this Friday. Not us. And, and some other stuff. Let me tell you what. We had so much fun roasting this movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this we going to be oh, Mystery Science Theater? Yes, that's what it years. was. That's what it was. We were having so <coughs> much fun roasting how bad and so many plot holes in this movie that we were just like, what? It was one of those where you were just like, what? Um, so you got Jason Statham in this again. He was in the first one. Um, you got uh, pretty much the same people from the first one in this one. Um, this is one of those movies that is so bad, it's good. Because you're laughing so hard about how ridiculous this movie actually is. So believe it or not, yes, this movie will get a higher rating than Blue Beetle. Okay. Kind of hard to do. Not hard to do, I'd say. But this movie. So anyway, they're going. They they got these submarines and they're going across the trench. And then you got these. I don't know if they're terrorists or what they're trying to do, but they steal this one guy's uh, ideas of projects. Who works for the same company, and they decide to blow a big hole in the bottom of the ocean, of the trench, which releases. Three Megadons, a Kraken, yes, there is a Kraken in this, well, it's not a Kraken, but it's, it's a, a Kraken, it's a gigantic, it's a Kraken, that's what it is, yeah, and honestly, I can't even tell you what the plot is, because again, there's so many plot holes in this movie, but if you want some ridiculous, there is so much ridiculous in this movie, and when I mean plot holes, I'm talking about Things like, for instance, every single person somehow has a bomb. Like, I don't know how they get these bombs, but they literally like, okay, I'm going to make a spear and tie a bomb around it. So when I throw it, it's going to blow up. And it's yeah. like, bomb spear. where did you get the bomb? This other guy is doing something and he has a bomb. And I kid you not, there's one scene where he's fighting an octopus, right? The Kraken. And he has a machete in one and the bomb in the other. And he's going after the Kraken. And somehow he gets uh, the tentacle wraps around him, drops the bomb, but for somehow the bomb is now stuck to the, to the machete. So they're floating down the water together. And then the next scene jumps back to him stabbing uh, a, like a knife or something, stabbing the octopus in the tentacle. It lets him go. Then another tentacle grabs him. And then the next scene, he doesn't have, he, he's not captured. 
he's he grabs the knife that is still hooked to the bomb somehow and then stabs the Kraken and you know stuff like that at the beginning of the movie you it goes back to the uh, prehistoric time right and you got these land dinosaurs roaming around like little dogs with teeth like little crocodiles or something but they're on land okay skip to the end of the movie when they're on the island trying to rescue people these things are still around and i'm like how are they still around did they come out of the the hole in the trench because they're land animals again plot hole but there's they're land animals and people make so many stupid decisions in this movie the evil woman in this movie, right? Who owns the... Who's paying for all this. There is a scene we laugh so hard. So they <clears throat> land on the island. And they walk up the road. And they find the land creatures trying to attack them. So they shoot them. They run back to the helicopter. For some reason, around the helicopter, there's dead bodies. And you're like, where did they come from? Right? So it's her and the pilot... In the helicopter. A few scenes later, we go back to them, and she hears a noise, which she already knows what the noise is. But for some reason, she tells the only person that can fly the helicopter to go check it out. Sounds legit, yeah. <laughs> she tells the only person who also does not have a gun, he's just a pilot. To go check out the noise, even though she already knows what the noise is. There, there's that type of stuff. So it's so stupid, it's funny. We laughed so much during this entire movie. I'm not saying this movie is like a terrible movie. But again, if you like movies like Sharknado, then you're definitely going to love Meg 2. Because this movie... Is like Sharknado, just with a very higher budget. <clears throat> Which is a darn shame, because that was money that could have filled, could have fed starving kids somewhere. <laughs> it, it, it was hilarious. <clears throat> the people in it was hilarious. It was funny. Uh, it, was, it was just one of those things. Oh, and friendship does not matter in this movie. I kid you not. There was so many people that just, like, bailed on the other person so they don't get eaten so it's like that running joke like hey i just have to run faster than you yeah I'm or be faster than the bear i gotta be yeah. faster than you it's it's one of those because <clears throat> there's so many times where like oh the helicopter there two of the buddies are in the helicopter and uh something happens to the helicopter that it's it's about to crash but it wasn't happening just yet but the guy just jumps out leaves his friend like you know doesn't say a word, just jumps out. The helicopter crashes. The guy survived, but still, he left him. Then there's a scene where, like, the, the guy and the girl is on the island, and these the land creatures come up, and the guy's like, whatever you do, do not move. And she's already gone. She left. And he turns around, and he's like, seriously? <laughs> and then leaves as well. There's so many stupid things that happen in this movie that is just so stupid and laughable because again there's the, uh, i keep telling <laughs> there's another scene where 
they're trapped in this shed with the bad guys. They all have guns pointed at the good guys. And they're like, you know, put your hands up and all that crap. And the guy hits a button, releases uh, the door behind them, opens up. So the land creatures grabs a couple of them, pulls them under. They turn around, shoot the land creatures while the, the good guys head out the back. But for some reason, they're still being shot at as they're running away. And it's like, you have bigger problems to worry about. Who is turning around to shoot at them? <clears throat> the boomerang bullets. <laughs> the boomerang <laughs> bullets. They miss the creatures, so they turn around and they go after the good guy. Yeah. Also, we made fun of the stormtrooper thing where you have all these big guns shooting at the good guys and none of them get hit. It's like, wow. He's already getting bored here. But I'm, I'm not a big Sharknado fan. It's It was just stupid. It was just stupid fun. Um, that's why I'm going to say, you know what? I will give this movie a four. Not because it was good. Because by all means, this movie was not a good movie. This movie will never win awards. This movie will never... Uh, Might win a golden raspberry. Yeah. But I had this a four because I had so much fun watching this movie and laughing at it. Like, there's some movies I can do that with and totally give it a total zero. Kind of, again, we mentioned this before, Twilight. I can laugh at that movie because I feel like it should be a comedy, but it takes itself too seriously, which is why it gets a lower, a lower rating. This movie seems to know exactly what it's doing. To not take itself serious and just be absolutely stupid. So therefore, I'm giving this movie a four because it's just, it's so funny, it's stupid. It's its so bad, it's good. So, yes. That's my See, take on it. Meg to the trench. See, this, we've talked about three movies so far. We've talked about Blue Beetle, we've talked about Meg 2, we've talked about the Demeter. <clears throat> you like the Demeter, you... You like to laugh at Meg too, and nobody's laughing at Blue Beetle. But yes, the there's a thing going around right now. They're trying to make a Nerf movie. Basically, <laughs> now here, this is actually a good idea. Somebody's already done this. They took a John Wick scene and translated it into Nerf. Okay, so if you've seen John Wick, and I've actually seen the first movie, that's all I need to see. John Wick has this tendency to shoot somebody in the gut and then raise, elevate, and shoot them in the head, and then he moves on to the next target. <clears throat> this guy goes goes around with a Nerf gun and shoots, and the little dart bounces off the guy's stomach, and he doubles over like he'd just been shot, and then he shoots him in the head with another Nerf dart, and it bounces off, and he goes a, does a backflip. That never gets old. <clears throat> so if they do a Nerf movie... The idea, this guy's idea is to do it just a straight action movie, but you're using Nerf darts, Nerf guns, instead of real, instead of bullets and squibs and stuff. That would be extra special for something like Make 2, I think. Where you know, <laughs> everybody's shooting the, trying to shoot the Kraken that comes in and it's all Nerf darts and stuff. <laughs> just to get that extra emphasis across because you're basically doing it anyway. So, uh, so you, you've, you would say, you would recommend Meg Two as a as, as, a, as a fun stupid movie to go if watch if you're drunk and you need something to do go yeah. go watch Meg. If you're drunk, if you're high, whatever, go watch it. it Unlike Blue Beetle, which is still unwatchable. But. 
So, all right, you got a couple of news things we need to get to before we wrap here, right? Or do you want to even bother? Because I'm gonna, I do have a couple of things to say. I mentioned the Nerf movie coming out, and and apparently the X twits are getting hot and heavy over that. The internet's getting hot and heavy over the Nerf movie. <clears throat> From what I understand, and again we're talking about Scuttlebutt. Go ahead. He's not even gonna dance tonight, but he's Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt is saying there he goes. Scuttlebutt is saying that Scuttlebutt. Disney has lost Disney Plus has lost two million subscribers in the last quarter. And Disney itself has lost two billion dollars in the last year. So, what is, how does Disney respond to this? To losing $2 billion and 2 million subscribers? Why, they double down. They're going to crack down on password sharing, and they're going to elevate the price of Disney Plus to $3 a month. It's going to be $13.99 starting in October of 2023. Oh, no! <clears throat> what they really, really want you to do is sign up for the bundle where you have to take Disney Plus and Hulu and ESPN Plus for fourteen ninety nine. But let's face it, there's nothing to watch on Hulu. There's nothing to watch on. There's even less to watch on ESPN. And there's nothing to watch on Disney Plus anymore. So, on the other hand, a lot of these streaming services are starting to fall down flat on their faces now. As Chris, somebody, somebody on the screen predicted this a couple of years ago. He always does this every time he says, Because I'm always always right. right. It's all, I'm always He's right, always and right. I'm always white. Don't forget that. Now, now that you're all blind, you can just listen in. Okay. Streaming services are <clears throat> sucking wind right now because inflation's, inflation's going a lot faster than anybody's talking about. Okay. Take it from a guy who sees the day-to-day. Uh, I do retail support. I see these prices every day, and I mean, we are talking about jumps of 20% in a week. Okay, Gas prices are climbing again. <clears throat> there is there's a cash crunch coming, and people are beginning to realize whenever they see news stories about things like Disney Plus jacking up their price another $3, they look at it and say, well, what do you know? I'm still subscribed to Disney Plus. I don't need to. I don't need that. So they're going through it canceling. Okay. Amazon Prime is now what fourteen ninety nine a month, fifteen ninety nine a month, something like that. Fourteen ninety nine a month for Amazon Prime. That's for the privilege of shopping on Amazon. There's nothing on Prime Video. There's nothing on Netflix. I mean, we actually one of the trailers we saw yesterday was for a Netflix show. I don't care about this show. I don't want. To, although out of the five trailers we saw, it was probably the least offensive. But it, there's nothing to watch on Netflix. <clears throat> Everybody keeps pushing the same tired garbage. Just They just change the names. They change the sequence of the events. They change the city in which it happens. And then they expect you to pay $14.99 a month for the privilege of watching that crap. Maybe we'll go back to basic cable. Won't even go back to basic cable. I think everybody, I think what we're seeing... NBC Universal was pushing Peacock. <clears throat> You're now starting to see the older Universal stuff, the older NBC stuff, turning up on free TV, like on Pluto and Roku Channel and some some of these other 
streaming platforms that are free but ad supported, you're going to see you're going to start seeing the studios licensing a lot more of their stuff. They're still going to keep the stuff they think people are still willing to pay for, but all the other stuff they're going to release. Uh, if you can get the Roku channel installed, by the way, you can now watch basically the NBC Mystery Movie 24/7 on a channel on Roku channel and a Murder She Wrote channel. And there's about three or four others coming from Universal. Maybe I'm just very simple-minded, or maybe I'm just cheap. But like, I don't care if there's ads. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with ads. And the other thing, too, is even Pluto TV's gotten to the point, they'll tell you how many ads you're going to be watching. Yeah. You're watching, like, one of five, one of six, one of four, whatever. So now you know how much time you've got to get up, yeah. run to the bathroom. And there's usually whiz, a countdown, too. Yeah, whiz, and they get back in and see it. So now you can look and see, okay, it's a two-minute ad break. I don't have time to go run to the bathroom, but maybe I can get a soda out of the fridge. Or it's a five-minute break if you're watching Ion, and you're like, well, I can go drop a deuce, and I got time. So it's it's just one of those things. You're going to see a, a continued explosion in the Pluto TV, the Roku channel, and other things like it. You're going to start seeing more alternatives like that starting to, to bubble up. And all these studio boutique streaming services are going to keep dwindling down. I don't think they ever quite go away because there's always somebody who's sucker enough to want to watch The Office on demand. <laughs> <clears throat> but for everybody else, there's plenty to watch on the other channels. And honestly, it's written better, too, for the large part. So. Or you can play it really smart. You might have to be very patient. But you can also just, like, wait. And if there's, like, <clears throat> like if there's a show that you don't on something but you don't want to pay for that, stream because there's nothing else on it except for that one thing that you do want to watch eventually it will the whole box set of season will come to dvd right. and you'll just be like oh, oh which, DVD. which by the way that's one of the weaknesses of the streaming model is that they absolutely will edit the heck out of it and mess around with it and chop it up and just paste it back together in ridiculous ways so if you want to see movies and TV shows the way you remember them, you've got to get them on physical media. I've said this before. If you want to watch Blazing Saddles, don't even bother trying to stream it. Find the DVD, find the Blu-ray. While you still can, get the uncut version. Bring that home and add that to your library. You'll want that. So, yeah. Okay, I know that was one of your stories, Chris. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this? Because we're 55 minutes okay, there's, in. There's one. You know what? Well, I'll, I'll, there's, I mean, Let's I got do one. more. Let's do one more story. This one has been driving me insane. Okay, this one drives me insane. Let's talk about this one. All right. What is this? Hold on. It's doing him so insane, he has to check the details. <laughs> so, sometimes... It's good to just, like, keep your mouth shut and just nod. Otherwise, it could ruin your career. It could give you death threats. And the movie that you're working on, that you're so proud of, may not go in production anymore. Are we talking about what? About Snow White. Snow White and the Seven Dorks. Yes, yes. So in case you guys do not know, yes, Disney is making a live-action 
Snow White movie where you have a Latino actress playing Snow White and the seven dwarves are now one dwarf and six adults. Six multicultural pals. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And Rachel Ziegler is her name, who plays, who's going to be playing Snow White, has been getting some major heat over her interviews that she's been giving, saying that the original Snow White is outdated, uh, the prince is a creep, um, there will be no saving the princess, the princesses will be independent and will do this and will do that, even though people are forgetting that she did break into that she did break into uh, these hard-working dwarves' um, house. Yeah, that's breaking entering right there. Yeah, I know, right? So I call Adam 12 on that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, anyways, people are giving this woman major crap about everything she's been saying. And rightful so, because she's trying to make it very woke and very, um, what, feminine, sexist, feminine, whatever, yes. Yeah. So, now, because of her ideas of how she speaks, her uh, AR team, APR team, PR team, yeah, that's what we're talking yes. They're trying their best, apparently, to, to gag her, help her <laughs> stop what she's saying. Yes, but tie, her, tie her up, hog tie her, and gag her. Yeah, so she did release an apology that did not work out too well because she did not. I'm so, let me, let, me, let me give her an apology, okay? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what she did. So now there's rumors that the movie might be canceled, which honestly I am okay with that because we do not need another Disney live action remake for one. Second of all, we don't need another Disney live action remake. Um, this is, <laughs> I mean, she's like digging the grave. Yeah, it was fast. I can't remember which movie it was from, but there was a scene of a, of a woman. No, it was from Scrubs. It was from Scrubs. One of the the blonde doctor was sitting there, and she. It's a it's a scene of her talking to uh, to the Latino nurse, and she's sitting there and she's digging her own grave, and she's like, you know, if you would just listen to what I'm trying to tell you, things would be much easier on you. And she just keeps digging further and further. Perfect example of what Hollywood is doing right now because it is a. a a blonde chick trying to tell all these minorities and stuff what to do. Oh, Rachel Ziegler, you have you managed to take a cushy, out of the ballpark job, and you went and made an excuse for your the guy who signs your paycheck. Yeah. We've said before, Bob Iger, the guy in charge of the CEO of Disney. He's already looking for a reason to dunk this film. He just wants to cut his losses and get away from it before he wastes more money on it. There's already stories going around that there are people hiding their, like their student loan payments and their mortgage payments and stuff inside Disney movie budgets. We've heard all kinds of stuff going on about how 
why Disney is costing them so much money. And of course, you've got an Abigail Disney. Abigail Disney and Kathleen Kennedy. Those two chicas right there. Yeah, ever, since, ever since Blue Beetle, you've been saying nothing but Mexican words, man. <laughs> I am so in the mood for Taco yeah. Bell right now. <laughs> Nothing's more stereotypically Mexican than Taco Bell. Link. I get him Mexican, but he Taco Bell. Anyway, Abigail Disney and uh, and Kathleen Kennedy, those two have done more damage to Disney behind the scenes than any Rachel Ziegler or Mary Sue in front of the screen, whoever plays Captain Marvel now, all these... Brie Larson, all, all, it just all adds up and just reduces everything to garbage. And it's no wonder nobody wants to deal, have anything to do with these guys yeah. anymore. Marvel is now box office poison and will be until they can take it away from the idiot running it now. Yeah, um, it's Lucas, Lucasfilm is garbage. DC is garbage. All of the big franchises are now dead because these people have been wiping the saying DC, don't forget about Marvel. I thought I just mentioned Marvel. But you said DC. DC. Okay. And Marvel. They're all dead. So all of these things that have been keeping Hollywood alive for about the past 10, 15 years suddenly have run. They're, they're sucking on fumes. they got nothing left because they never bothered to get creatives, fresh creatives involved all they did was hire their hoodlum diversity hire friends. And it it just piles up. So yeah. And I won't shed a tear. It's 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 gotten really bad. And I kinda when she started talking in these interviews, <clears throat> I automatically thought, yeah, this movie is not gonna make any money and it's gonna be another failure to Disney. And now if they do cancel the movie, which I'm hearing rumors that they are going to cancel Snow White, it's probably the smart thing to do. And it'd probably be the smartest thing that they've done in a very long time. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, like, nobody's going to go see this movie after all this. Because nobody, nobody cares. <clears throat> you, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. It's, it's, it's just a stupid, stupid thing, and she's just, she's, the thing is, is that she's doing it for her own political views on it, but she's forgetting that there's other people that has worked on the movie, cast and crew, that will now lose their job because of the fact she had to go and open her. Yeah. yeah. First thing, first thing you do if you find your bank vault is on fire is put the fire out. Don't sit there and hold a diversity meeting trying to figure out how many firefighters need to be trans. Okay, Put the fire out first, stop losing money, and then execute the turnaround. Disney has done this a couple of times before. They can do it again if... If, if, to take over their shit. Yes, and, and if they can survive long enough to get there because Iger, Iger is still looking to sell the company. So that's why I say they keep it up, we'll, we'll probably be able to buy it with pocket lint. So let's wrap this because we're already an hour into it and my 
Blood's gone to sleep. So, Chris, any final thoughts on this week's? If you want fun, go watch Meg 2. If you want to watch a really well done movie, Last uh, Voyage of the Demeter. And if you just need to take a dump, it's Blue Beetle. 